Welcome everybody to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group. And before we get started, before the actual meeting begins, we're going to start off with a joke. And we got Joey the Jokester up here. Joseph the Joker. <laughs> How you doing? I'm Joseph the Joker, recovered alcoholic. So, what did the bartender say when Charles Dickens ordered a martini? Olive or twist? Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. <laughs> All of a twist. Ah, so, uh, good, evening, every, good evening, everybody. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Mike Chase. Did oh, I'm sorry. I'm not reading good. I'm pre-med, reading varieties of religious experience. Other page. Good Other evening, page. everyone. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Doc. And I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Mike Chase. Thanks. For, that's you. Oh, thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to start the meditation in a minute. So please take a moment to get situated. What that would mean is uh, some suggestions from a man with a few years. Yeah, that you might uh, want to attend the meeting, which means getting dressed, sitting upright, uh, not laying in your bed and listening, uh, but sitting possibly at a table in a chair and acting as if your grand sponsor was right next to you. And perhaps maybe turn off the TV with ESPN scores rolling across the top. Get comfortable, sit up, grab yourself a cup of coffee. And bring your book. Or the flesh. And have your, oh, have your book ready. That's Go grab well your book. We've got a couple of minutes. And the book. Uh, also, refrain from disturbing others by uh, talking, constantly getting up and sitting back down. So you guys on Zoom room, you know, let's like sit calmly. Don't freak people out. For the meditation, some suggestions are focus on your breath. And posture, breathe in, 
the white light of God and breathe out that dark, icky self. Ew, and shake it off your fingers, too, while it, you're at it. it. Shake Walk it off. It. Uh, take this time to get reconnected from God, from the craziness of the day. Drift away and ask God to help you stay focused on the study this evening. We're going to uh, be starting. The monks are coming in the back door. Social distancing. They had to wait outside in the rain. But they're slowly coming in. They're in. Are they ready to start? You guys are like a wet monk. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Go. See you in three minutes. for the people who have given their lives and continue to give their lives so we can have this way of life. We've got a candle burning here tonight. 
So let's uh, do the fog light prayer for the gift that they've given us. If you'll join after me. God, God let your love shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. So we are going to start off with our secretary report, and that would be Chris. Come on up, Chris. Hi, my name is Chris, and I'm your recovered alcoholic secretary. In keeping with our seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, go ahead and make a contribution to your local inner group. I have not asked a member to read the recovered statement. Anyone want to volunteer to come up and read the recovered statement? Show a hand. One of the two. Shay, come on up, please. All right, cool. Shay, so we read the recovered statement to uh, express why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what it exactly means to be a recovered alcoholic. Shay. I'm Shay. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Shay. Recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered, but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. We are the same. We are sane, now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Thank you very much. 1940s style big book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition of the book, Alcoholics Anonymous, of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried. 50% got sober at once and remained that way, 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time and neither should the secret approach. Okay. Thursday night we have a, a different meeting. That's a tradition series, and uh, that's Doc doing that. So join us and enjoy, and we meet every Monday starting promptly at 7.15. Join us in the Zoom at 6.30 for fellowship. Uh, okay, courteous and ready to begin at the Road to Recovery saxophone solo. Thank you, and see you next week. Did you give that a good wipe down so he doesn't swim in it? Thanks. Uh, from the forward of the first edition of the book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book and of this group. Oh, I'm back. Uh, From there is a solution. From there is a solution, also from the big book. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. This is an open meeting. As such, all who have interest in alcoholism and the program of recovery are welcome. Because this is an open meeting, you need not identify yourself and know your reason for being here if you do not wish to do so. Your amenity will be protected, and we ask that you protect ours. So, folks on Zoom, if you don't want people to know who you are, Put your, you know, put, you don't have to put your picture. You can put your, just your first name and initials. Right. Um, Act like you're in a regular meeting. <laughs> and for those, and for, for those of us watching on the Facebook page, it's a private Facebook page. The only people who are on and able to wit- see this is people who have signed up to get through the Facebook page, who have been, you know, recommended by other people. So, uh, anonymity is very important for us. We're keeping it on as best as we can. A lot of times it's the same people that didn't care if they were seen going in and out of a bar, but they're, you know, they don't want to be seen coming and going from an AA meeting. So folks in uh, Zoom and in the rooms, can we share a show of hands if people join us for the first time? Maybe give us a little wave or on the camera. There you go. And 
you folks who need a sponsor, can I see a show of hands of the recovered alcoholics? Right on. Well, you Zoomers, you see somebody in there with their hand up right now, you might want to reach out to them afterwards. Ask, ask them. them. Ask them to Zoom you. While this is an open meeting, membership in this group is limited to those <clears throat> who are not just stupid, but those who wish to recover from alcoholism and have a desire to stop drinking for good and all. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is a potential sponsor of a new member and should clearly recognize the obligations and duties of such a responsibility. So it says here, does everybody need a book? So if you don't have a book, go grab yours at home, get it ready for it. If you don't have one, highly recommend reaching out to your community intergroup. They'll be glad to sell one to you, send it to you, or maybe you can drive by and they can throw it through your window as you drive by. It's, it's that thick one with the coffee cup stains. Yeah, in case you missed it. Right. <clears throat> Covered <So>. in dust. <laughs> Before we begin our study of the big book, last week we reviewed tradition four. 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 Five so this nine. week we're doing tradition five. Please refer to the unabridged big book, page 562. That's the big fat book, and you got one of them little skinny books. It's page 177. And we're doing that is Bill. So come on up, Bill. Get yourself comfortable. Bill's also going to be uh, co-presenting Bill the study. Bill is a noun and a verb. You know that? Bill is also a noun and a verb. Hi, everybody. My name is Bill, and I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic. Hi, hey, Bill. And I have a joke that I've managed to sneak past the censors. <laughs> so if you're a little sensitive, you may want to put your hands over your ears, okay? What is the difference between a hippo and a zippo? I don't know, Bill. What is the difference between a hippo? A hippo is a large, heavy animal. A Zippo is a little lighter. <laughs> Dad, sit down, you're drunk. <laughs> yes, I actually, dad joke, yeah, I, actually, dad joke. I actually said that sober, yes. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Bill. Okay, uh, tradition five. Uh, and you wonder why I don't want to take you anywhere. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know why, now you know why I don't want to go. <laughs> Each group has but tradition five is that each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. The long version says each alcoholic anonymous group ought to be a spiritual entity having but one primary purpose, that of carrying the message to the alcoholic who still suffers. You know, having been around AA for a while, uh, this has become so obvious to me that that, that it's almost difficult to uh, to explain because but so I had to really think about it you know and and in thinking about it I came up with a few thoughts uh, the whole idea of singleness of, pur- of purpose and, and I know I've said this over and over again if you've listened to these podcasts um, the need to identify if if I come to your group and I'm in a, a lot of pain. Uh, the, the, I've got this unmanageability in my life, uh, and I have all this emotion, emotional turmoil. I don't want to hear a lot of pretty words. I don't want to hear promises. I want to hear. I want you to talk to my gut. I, I want you to say something that has, as the book says, depth and weight. And so, uh, if if these people can't identify with what we've experienced and what we've managed to overcome then they're not going to want to apply our solution. Uh, the, the book talks to us about 
the need to identify because if, if we don't have your problem, we're probably not going to be able to be willing to do the difficult work required to recover. The, the level of honesty and the level of commitment is, is pretty strong. And un- unless you are really convinced that you need this and this is going to work for you, you're probably not going to want to do the work. And we see a lot of people come into AA and they filter in and then they flow out and, you know, until they really have experienced the kind of heartbreak and pain that, that is necessary for them to motivate them to do the work necessary, they don't recover. Um, let me, um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people, once you've been around for a while, you begin to understand the underlying ism of alcoholism. You know, we learn that uh, alcohol was not my problem. Alcohol was my solution. The problem I had was the underlying ism. And we begin to recognize the characteristic thoughts and attitudes and behaviors that that represents. Now, we may, be, we may, as we travel around and we've recovered, we may see others who have very similar thoughts, attitudes, and, and behaviors, but they're not alcoholic. And we say, I know what, I have a program that can fix these people. But unfortunately, like, like I've already said, if these people don't identify with the problem that I solve, they're not going to want to listen to me. So we can't really help those people. Let me give you an example. Uh, I, I knew a guy, Harry R. Harry was a wonderful guy. You'd love him. He'd give you his, his arm if you needed it. But we used to call him Frickin' Harry because Harry always had a problem. It's like always something. Oh, here comes Frickin' Harry, okay? I've known Harry since he was very young. Uh, he was the younger brother of my younger brother's best friend. And our families knew each other. And Harry had a really bad crack habit. And uh, he, really wanted, he really wanted to overcome this. And after many trials and tribulations and efforts at recovery, he came to me and said, Bill, 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 I know you're in AA. Please come on. I've always looked up to you. Can you help me? And I said, sure, Harry, I'll, I'll give it a try. And, uh, and I tried to work with him, and it failed. And it failed over and over again. And Harry would come in and go out, come in and go out. And um, uh, at one point, we thought we were going to lose Harry. And I was running a, I had a big book study going on in my house at the time. And Harry begged me to be a part of this big book study because he really wanted to recover this time. And, and we, we, we meet every you know, week and, and have this meeting. And Harry showed up. And every 15 or 20 minutes, he was going to the bathroom. And it's like, what the hell? And then finally Harry comes back and he passes out completely. He's snoring uh, sound asleep. And uh, when the meeting was over, I shut off all the lights, said goodnight to everybody, and I just went to bed with Harry still sleeping on my couch. Come to find out, Harry was going down to the bathroom and doing hits a crack, okay, because that was his thing. We didn't see Harry for a long time after that. And when he finally reemerged, Harry had been in N.A., and he had gotten himself an N.A. sponsor, and he recovered. And he's still sober today, and he's still crazy, still frickin' Harry, but he's sober and a great grandfather and father. The, the lesson here for me is I may have almost killed Harry trying to help him. Because if I had told him, Harry, 
Because Harry confessed to me at one point, Bill, I don't know about this alcohol thing. I, he said, in my whole life, I think I've had less than a six-pack of beer. But I can't stop doing crack. If I had told him, I don't think this AA is for you. I think you need to go to NA, Harry. I might, I might almost have killed poor Harry. Let me give you another example. Um, there, there was a, a, a woman who I worked with who was somewhat older than me, uh, taller than me, and heavier. And she was a pretty big woman. And, but she was wonderful, sweet, sweet, wonderful woman. And in talking to her, um, uh, I, I began to hear some of the characteristic thoughts and behaviors and attitudes. She was pretty overweight, by the way. And um, so one day, and I used to pick her up and, and, and take her to lunch every once in a while just to talk and hang out. And one day I, I said, I called her up and said, Bertie, come on, we're going to lunch, I'll pick you up. I picked her up and I took her to a lunchtime big book meeting <clears throat> that I happened to know was pretty good. It was an open meeting. And uh, we went to the meeting and they were talking about the, the ism and the recovery process and the restless, irritable, discontented condition, you know, the all, all, really strong AA meeting. And at the end of the meeting, I looked over at Bertie, and there she was crying. She was just crying, crying, crying. She identified with a lot of the emotions and the thoughts and the attitudes of alcoholism. But she knew she wasn't an alcoholic. So Bertie and I talked, and I said, you know, there's a fellowship for you. It's called OA. And Bernie went to OA faithfully for many, many years, and she recovered in OA. Uh, and uh, it, it was just a wonderful experience to see. So the, the point is that, that we are uniquely able to help certain people. And even though someone may have the underlying ism that I have, I can make some recommendations, I can point out some things, but I don't have the ability, I don't have the experience to really speak to them at a level they need to be spoken to. And we need to direct them to the right person. However, there are others who have the same problem that I had, and still have, by the way. I'm a recovered alcoholic, not a cured alcoholic. And, and uh, I can speak to them in a way that no one else can. So we need to stay focused. It's not that we don't want to help everybody or anybody, but we can't. We just don't have that power. And if we try to be everything to everybody, we will be nothing to nobody. That's all I got. Thanks. I miss the applause of the crowd and stuff like that. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. You know, I just love having people bring the traditions to life through their experiences and just, you know, you just need not read something. You Okay, thanks. <laughs> so tonight we're going to be, uh, in order for us to stay focused we, as we study the Big Book, we use the Big Book Study Guide, which was prepared by Krusty Cliff with the aid of Joe and Charlie. And Krusty Cliff's of the Dallas Primary Purpose Group. Give them a shout out. Tonight we're going to begin on page, I think, you want to start again on 44? Uh, we're going to start at the bottom of 44. We're going to start at the bottom of 44. Bottom of 44. Uh, the answers to the questions will be one sentence from the big book, unless otherwise specified in multi-part questions or simply one sentence answers split up by commas, semicolons, hyphens, and other fun bits of punctuation. 
for those like me, basically what that means is we're going to read the material. Bill's going to read the material once through, and then we're going to re-dissect that same information a second time through a question-and-answer format. Notice how the language in the questions gives us new light in which to consider the material we just studied. This is important because hearing the question, which is based on what Bill reads, and rereading the content offers a definite way of comprehending the material covered. After we've completed the page, we open up for comments, questions, observations, based, this is in caps, based on what was just read. If you have spiritual experiences with this information, you're free to share. And if you don't, feel free to talk to your sponsor, your support community, and maybe ask a question. Write it down in triplicate, submit it. Yeah, however, big book study is not therapy. Should you begin sharing on topics which are more appropriately discussed in a different setting, you know, privately with your sponsor, therapist, psychiatrist, attorney, please be not offended when uh, the sound guy cuts that conversation short. For that purpose, that's why we have the fellowship meetings before and after study time, you know, the Zoom room and and hanging out with people where distancing is appropriate to have that community find out I'm not the only village idiot. There's other people with the same (laughs) issue. Boy, if big book study was therapy, I'd be cured by now. You can never go wrong by commenting on the pages, which brings us to the words of one of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous, quote, sobriety, freedom from alcohol, the teaching and practice of the 12 steps is the sole purpose of any Alcoholics Anonymous group. So this is now our 33rd session. We are on our second part of We Agnostics, but we just didn't roll the dice and say, hey, you know, let's just <laughs> let's just start on page 45 today. You know, we've been doing this for a while. And we always start on page zero, which is where we start off into the to the forwards and the preferences because as we think it's really extremely important for people who are going to be making this a way of life need to know what they're getting into. The little historical aspects of how Alcoholics Anonymous gets started, some of the struggles, some of the successes. You know, if this is going to be a lifelong experience for me, I want to know what I'm getting into. Right. Not being, you no know, bait and switch, that it's dollar therapy. I need to know what's right. really going on here. So in order for us to see why we were that way in the, fe- in the forwards, we have another chapter from somebody who knows what they're talking about, and that's called... The Doctor's Opinion. Uh, ironically, I spoke to someone a couple of days ago, a newcomer, uh, and we were talking on the phone, and uh, they could quote... They go, isn't that, isn't that in the big book? And what they would refer to were things from The Doctor's Opinion, and uh, arguably uh, the most important chapter to someone who doesn't know whether they're an alcoholic or not, which leads us... To the first alcoholic, right? It's not me, <laughs> but it is. But Bill it did. Moses. But it did happen to be a guy named Bill. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, in Bill's story, uh, he presents his experience <laughs> with the alcoholic process, uh, his uh, demise into a bottom, and then then the recovery. And the question we have to ask ourselves at this point is, can I identify? Can I identify with Bill Wilson? Did I act, think, and feel like Bill W.? Did I experience some of the things that he did? And and this this tells about Bill's fun drinking. It tells about his troubled drinking. Then it talks about his very troubled drinking. And then he drinks eventually out of necessity, which is the sickest reason of all, oblivion. And um, uh, 
as we as we read his story, we need to be thinking: Can, can is this similar to what I'm experiencing? I didn't do all the things he did, but a lot of the things that he felt and thought are very similar to what I felt and thought. So the process, and you're going to hear me say this all the time because I'm hung up on it, the process to identify, if I don't have your problem, I don't need your solution. And so happily, after I've identified a little bit, there comes the next chapter, which is... There is a solution. So in the forwards, we find out about what Alcoholics Anonymous, the fellowship, is. the doctor's opinion explains what the disease and then slightly touches on the solution, which is like spiritual in nature, like, ooh, whatever that means. Bill's story, Bill's confronted with a spiritual solution of a variety that he wasn't really set for. He wasn't into that type of spiritual solution. Ebby, through his um, willingness to be helpful, toned it down a little bit and gave Bill an opportunity to come up with a solution of his own. So in There's a Solution, it marries the problem and why a solution works. It introduces us to the, to the way that it works. So when I'm done with their solution, I, I realize I need to go to these extremes if I'm a real alcoholic. But what if I'm not a real alcoholic? So we got one more chapter which is designed to just to, to hammer that down and that is... It's a, a, a more about alcoholism. It's really funny, We you know... I think we ought to ask that at every meeting, not just this one, I mean everyone. What is that solution? What is our common solution, you know? We're having that discussion in the car coming back, and it, it, it might not be as crystal clear with our members as we think it is, you know? And then, uh, and that's why they go, well, it's, it's what, uh, what Bill said to the stubborn Irishman, right? You, I think you're stubborn, and you think you can run everything yourself, the whole show by yourself. Didn't He didn't sell him on spirituality, a higher power, being an alcoholic, anything. He just said, I think you think you can run everything yourself. And from there we get more about alcoholism because it's, it's stories of guys who are still testing that single truth that can I or can't I fix this on my own until they reach a point where they say I can't fix it and we run into this new chapter. For people who are kind of confused, we have a chapter called? More about alcoholism. No, nope, we have not. You know, I'm powerless over alcohol, and there is a solution. What, what possibly could be the solution if I'm powerless over alcohol? <laughs> Getting power, but where and how? Uh, that's what that chapter wants to talk about. More about alcoholism talks more about, okay, you've convinced me that maybe I'm alcoholic, okay? And, and I have some of these problems, but, but I've, I've sworn off so many times. Why do I keep going back? Why do I keep drinking? Why can't I stay Why stopped? I and uh, it explains a little bit more about the craziness in alcoholism, specifically the state of mind immediately prior to taking the first drink. It's not the fifth drink that gets me, so, gets me drunk. It's the first drink. Why, after I have so many reasons to quit and to stop, do I take that drink? And it gives us several examples of different people who had every reason to stop, and, and yet they continued to pick up that first drink. And, and through these examples, we're able to see some of the behaviors that we exhibited that got us into trouble. And if a higher power is our solution, and I have problems with that whole concept, or I think I have problems with that concept, 
where I'm coming here with old baggage, old ideas and beliefs from when I was a child to like really? trying to incorporate Star Wars and Matrix into my spiritual growth and stuff like that. I say I was like this really confused little buckaroo when I came in here. So um, once again, I wasn't the village idiot when it came to that. I was just one of many as we agnostics which is what we touched on yesterday. The fact that just because I think I know something doesn't mean I know something. Just because I'm basing my current situation on, on other people's conceptions and ideas about spirituality and how to live that I don't feel comfortable with, that were pounded into me as a child in junior high and through life, I, I need to, to be able to become open-minded. And if you've been reading the page since page zero, chances are you probably started dealing with the higher power God thing and Bill's story and slowly get to a part so you're more comfortable with the God thing. But like me, I had the faintest idea what it was. I'm like, you know, listening to old timers talk. I remember hearing the old timers at, at the dry dock. They were so calm and serene and, oh, and it's just, Medic and I wanted that right then and there. But I realized that they had been studying and living spiritual principles for years, but they kept telling me, it's like Mike Chase, I was just as wacky doodle when I came in. It's going to be a path for you to follow. And that's what we're going to start picking up in We Agnostics today. Let me just make one comment. You can jump in all you like. agnostic means, you know, hasn't been shown enough proof to make a decision whether there is or isn't a God. Ag, without Gnostic knowledge, without knowledge. And and that's exactly where we come in. Even if we don't apply this to God, it's still... Those of us without enough proof, dot, dot, dot. And that's it. And this, this by the way, is the rest of this chapter. Every, every question you could possibly have in this chapter, the, you know, the religious experience, you weren't considered a member of AA in the old days till you read it, at least once. And now everything, in, in every possible thought of what a religious experience is or isn't, is is in these uh, set of twenty lectures that we know of, and not well. Everyone at least uh, that was known at the uh, by those studies at that time, and and it applies completely to this chapter. That now I know it's not about is there a God or is there not a God. It's about can I run this show on my own or not? Right? Give me the 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 proof. Give me show me that knowledge is worthless to us. Right? Knowledge is only, it's, it's wheat in the field, we have to turn it to understanding. God changes it to understanding. From understanding we have wisdom, and from that wisdom we can, our lives can change and we can share it with others. Agnostic just means you don't know, okay? You're not one way or the other. Everybody thinks agnostic is a religious term, but it's not. It's a, just a regular English word. Uh, do you like blondes or brunettes? Do you like sedans or do you like... Uh, 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 Coops. Although it's mostly associated with, yeah. with yeah, yeah, but but it, to understand its application in sure. this, sure. you need to understand that it simply means you know are you Republican or Democrat? Okay, uh, well you can say I'm agnostic on that subject. I wake up every morning agnostic in the spirituality because the spiritual experiences I went through yesterday have a whole new opportunity for new ones today. So let's get into the book. There's, nope. a, there's a concept. We're going to start on page 44. Yesterday we talked about why we read every word, every page, every chapter up to this point so we know something about alcoholism, whether we're an alcoholic or non-alcoholic. <laughs> so we're going to start at the bottom. If a mere code, which is 
sort of the wisdom you think. By the way, if anybody is fearful of the thought of reading 250 million words and really tiny letters in the religious inquiries of religious experience, I have it on uh, audio format. So if anybody wants to send me a text message to the group, yeah, there's lots, and of, you can listen to it, listen to it in the car as you drive around town. So don't listen to it in the car; you'll fall asleep. Okay, page 44, bottom <laughs> of the page. We're gonna okay. we're gonna start reading there, and we're gonna tee up there. But the question and answer is gonna start a little bit later on. Just real quickly, uh, the first part of the the chapter, uh, the previous paragraphs, answers a couple of important questions. If someone says to you, "Am I am I an alcoholic?" I don't know if you're an alcoholic, but it says, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. You decide. The other thing is, uh, it talks about step one and step two, because basically what they did is they did a review of everything that they've gone over so far. And it says, to one who feels he is an atheist or an agnostic, such an experience seems impossible. But to continue as he is means disaster, especially if he's an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. That's step one. To be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. That's step two. The, the, we agnostics was necessary for me to be able to make a third step commitment. Maybe, maybe you have other reasons for reading it. In the bottom of page 44, if a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism, many of us would have recovered long ago. But we found that such codes and philosophies did not save us no matter how much we tried. We could, could wish to be moral. We could wish to be philosophically comforted. In fact, we could will these things with all our might, but the needed power wasn't there. Our human resources, as marshaled by the will, were not sufficient. They failed utterly. Lack of power. That was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how do we find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problems. That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we're going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hopes rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. But his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God. For we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. To others, the word brought up a particular idea of him with, with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With the rejection, we, with that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. We look upon this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems, inexplicable calamity with deep skepticism. We looked askance 
at many individuals who claim to be godly. How could a supreme being having being had anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet in other words, we found ourselves thinking when we when enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express our willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power which is God. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe, underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding. To those who earnestly seek, it, it is open, we believe, to all men. <clears throat> when, therefore, we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies to to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. At the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth, to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. Afterwards, we found ourselves accepting many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. That was growth. But if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception, however limited it was. So we're going to stop the reading there. We're going to start our questions. We're going to start our questions over on page 45. 45, the second. Let's start with the, the second paragraph. That's a good one. Let's see, page 45. Um, just, just while you're looking there, Mike, uh, it's been pointed out to me many times and certainly clear to me now. Hey, Bill, can you move your microphone up by your happy sure. face rather than down sure. there? Sure, sure. Adam's apple. There it's been go. pointed out to me many times and, and is clear to me that, that what we're about to study here uh, on page 45, they don't talk about alcohol anymore in the book. They talk about the power that we're lacking how to find it, and how to use it in our lives. Great. First question, this is for you, Doc. What is lack of power? Lack of power. That was our dilemma, a choice between two things. Two-part question. To live, what do we have to do? And B, what did we have to be? We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. If that was a must of the universe, what is the question? Uh, it had to be greater in ourselves, obviously, 
But where and how were we to find this power? By the way, for those of you that uh, are at home and feel that you want to jump in and share, I believe you can dial in. We got a phone available tonight. That number is area code 954-260-4760. If our Zoom guy wants to throw that up on the screen, that would be kind of cool if you figure that out. We got a Zoomtologist finally. <laughs> Once again, that phone number is area code Nine five four nine nine five four two six zero four seven six zero. Feel free to give us a call. And we got some people in the room here tonight. We got uh, we got a full house. We got two four. We got ten people here. Exactly many we're allowed to have. So that's cool. Um, the, the next Wu Tang Clan. Let's jump to the real the, the next question because these the next paragraph because these two sort of go well hand in hand. Um, well, where do we find the answer that is the most important question? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Two-part question. What is the main object? This book will do what? This book's main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself. You got the second part of my question? Yeah. Because I have your answer right here. Well, I got a comment. Now, this is from, oh. the, this is from the folks of Texas and Arkansas. Notice that the promise is not will show us how, help us, enable us, etc. The promise is it will solve our problem. Right, what problem? Mean? Every one of them as we grow in understanding, effectiveness, and applying our program. Boom. 11, next question. This book is written to be what? That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. The word moral in this text always means truthful or honest. Next question. We are, and that's a, from the guys in Texas and Arkansas. We are going to talk about who? And it means, of course, that we're going to talk about God. As Douglas Adams wrote a book called Who is This Guy God and Why is Everyone Talking About Him? Who will have difficulty with this topic? Here difficulty arises with agnostics. What will, what will give the newcomer hope? Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. Fun cover, uh, Next paragraph. What will Fun dampen his hope? Why will this topic disturb him? But his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God. Uh, why? For we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. So two dynamic paragraphs there. If anybody wants to jump in and do a quick uh, share on something on that before we move on, this is a great time. Keep an eye on that phone there, Mr. Buckaroo, yep, yep. and the sound page and the book. Just for those who are keeping notes, uh, if you if the, the top paragraph that started on 44, from Mere Code of Morals and Better Philosophy of Life, all of that is covered in uh, chapter 5 of Varieties of Religious Experience about healthy, the religion of healthy-mindedness and how I don't need God. I have a great philosophy of life and, uh, and, a, and a sufficient moral code. Smart recovery. Yep. And that's, that's, it's actually two different lectures. It's five and six in the book. Yeah, I had, a, I had a great philosophy, and I was a very moral guy. Honest, I was, okay? The problem is that you guys, meaning the world at large, kept screwing with me, 
and I had to take shortcuts and quick fixes and and uh, break my my philosophies because they they didn't work in light of all the stuff you were doing to me. You know, if this chapter had been sprung on me first, it's one of my favorite chapters. It really is because it it's it's just packed so densely with with information, but. I wasn't certain that it was my drinking that was the problem, right? I wasn't certain. I, 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 I thought if I, as probably most alcoholics, if I could just control the drinking, I'd be fine. I just wanted a, a knob on my drinking so that I could turn it on when I wanted to go out on the weekend and get loaded and slammed, and then turn it off during the week when I didn't want anything. And if I could drink responsibly... I'd be fine. So where's a problem in that? My problem is in my own control of my drinking. But thank God they've given me all these pages up to here, which I guess if you add 30 pages of the doctor's opinion, we're now at about 75 pages of examples of why it's not my... I have no ability to control it. That it's a problem I never... Like you said, I never really really had a concept of it. I really had a concept of like how I get the shitty end of the stick every yeah. time. Yeah. How I've been dealt a bad hand that you can't play out, you know, and I can't get a redeal. So I'm just, you know, I'm basically screwed in life. I'm a good guy. It's just it has a, nothing to do with my drinking. Life, life keeps screwing with me, you know, and I, I can't be the nice guy I want to be, you know. Yeah. But if, by, you can, if you can quit on a non-spiritual basis... And drink normally or moderately, our hats are off to you. This is a way agnostics say we've already gotten that way. If right. you can do that, you probably stopped reading this book by this time. Yeah, right. In other words, there's no more arguing with these but, people. It's like, now how do I get a relationship with this guy? Well, yeah, I, I get to this point in the book and I say, Well, listen, you know what you're saying about alcohol and alcoholism, it kind of rings true for me. And 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 your solution, you know, sounds pretty reasonable to me, but I just come to a screeching halt when you start with this God thing. I, I'm, I'm having a real tough time with that. I, I, I just don't know if I can buy into that. And that's, that's why this, this chapter is so important. It, it's helping us to deal with that conundrum, there's that word again, of your favorite. I want to believe, I want to work your solution, but I just, I, I don't know how to rationalize this God thing. And, and this is what they're trying to help us with. You do notice that from page zero to, where are we now? 45. Page 45, yeah. the God thing has been a subtle, growing, bringing right. it up to a point where now we can talk openly yeah. about which is why we don't bounce around the book. Right, and I believe that zero. that's not, it's not that way because they're trying to slowly introduce God and trick us, but because we didn't need that part of the discussion up front. Right. I, was, I was the different agnostic. I was, I was deep into finding what that supernatural world was about, whether it was uh, holy books and holy men, tarot, and ritual, tarot. Right, everything from the tarot to peyote to to the Bible to whatever I needed to try to find. And yet, I was proudly an agnostic because there hadn't been enough proof. I knew there was something out there. I knew that this wasn't real. I knew that if we're going to go into a weird place, I knew I was living in Plato's cave, that it, my reality was a false shadow of a false reality, 
And now when I get to we agnostics, it's now changed everything in my in my world that this chapter is now showing me here's a single way out of this false reality you've been living in. It's no longer about drinking and no longer about being a moral guy or a good guy or a philosophy of life that I want you to come into what reality reality is and this is the way this is the one way out the one way we've agreed on and as I'm as you know as I start digesting this through the really for me through the years really for me chapter four became before I hit the steps right we haven't hit steps yet next next chapter Mm -hmm. but it became my sixth and seventh step naturally without doing any steps I had that change happen to me as I started to unpack this chapter. You see the glow after you've read this chapter. Right. I start seeing that there is an, there's a single exit to this weird world I've been living in, right, that makes no sense to me or to anyone else. I was looking for a practical truth that worked in life, that, that allowed me to be successful in life. I, uh, I really believed in astrology for a while, you know, but... Uh, I don't know. It didn't didn't turn out. You know, that wasn't the deep truth. And and later on, I found out through through this program. For for me, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know that's what you mean. I just want to add that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be very clear. I want to be clear because there may be some of you out there that are astrologers who would have a problem with that. And it works very well for you. We don't determine, right? Yeah. If it's working for you, stay with it. But um, uh, what what I learned through working this program is the truth was deep within me. Right. Right, which, which, which we get to in a couple pages. Speaking of truth, let's jump back into the book, page 45, bottom paragraph. Do we understand, Bill? We know how it feels. <laughs> we know how it feels. Line. What line? <laughs> what, of, what of his... What of his have we shared? Doc, two sentences. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. The Militantly. <laughs> Bill, the word God does what to others? To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him which, with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. We talked about that I, last week. I grew Why? up among worshipers of Baal, so it was tough. Why did we reject a? Why did we reject that particular conception? I was first born too. Oh, that's me. Why? Because uh, perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. So perhaps as we're growing up, our conception did not grow; it stayed in the nursery. That's really true. It wasn't because I belittled. That's a great sentence. Wasn't necessarily because I belittled. Right, because they said, I'm not accepting you, your authoritarianism. Hmm? That's green. Oh, that's a good deal. That's a green one. It's not so much that, that, you know, I'm going to reject it because you're you're foisting it upon me, but maybe because, hey, this only explains what happens through the front doors of your church to the altar, and I need something that explains the entire universe. This isn't enough for me. It just didn't make... Huh? Were you a Y guy? Oh yeah, I was. I was young. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Young. Uh, what's the show with the kid? Young Seymour. Young Seymour. Young Sheldon. Sheldon. Thank you. How about Doubting Thomas? Okay. Thank you. Bill, young you got Sheldon. Sheldon. Bill doesn't know what the 
But yeah, I mean, a, a lot of my religious training, it just didn't make sense to me. And so I couldn't throw myself behind it. Next question. What is it, considering that, Bill, what is it that bothered us? With that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. What gave us cause <laughs> to believe this? Yeah, I'm out of here. We were bothered, bewitched and bewildered with the thought, how do you like that for alliteration? With the thought that faith, this is so great, I have it so underlined, because it's also weakness and cowardly, that faith and dependence upon power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak and even cowardly. So this and a is real I, man isn't dependent upon anything that he can't see. There's so much in this next page and a half that before, when I'm reading with somebody, before we jump into it, I refer us back to Bill's page, Bill's story of page 10, where he talks about his struggles and problems with trying to come up with the spiritual when Ebby was talking to him. So give him a refresher course, but we'll go right into the questions. Um, what gave us cause to believe? We look upon this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems, and inexplicable calamity with deep skepticism. Why did we distrust some folks? Here's my word. We looked askance at many individuals who claim to be godly. With all evil, what two questions were posed? Two sentences, Bill. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Boom, boom. Right. Yet another one right. what do we wonder? Yeah, let's hit that question. Who, who That's are we not a bad question that? even in yeah. sobriety. That's not a bad question. I mean, it's... It, how can it, you have a bad conception? It's not a stupid question. It's, a, it's an intelligent question, right? Both that, of them are intelligent questions. But the second one say, is who one could we comprehend can still a supreme ask. being anyhow? I let the learned religious spiritual folks do that much, and then right. I get my little idea off of them. And that's why we say, as, as we understand it. Yeah, and, and honestly, I don't comprehend uh, uh, God right now. But what I do have is a working relationship, things that I can implement in my daily living that actually work for me. Right. If you can conceive of God, you might, your God might be too small for you. Yeah. Yeah. In other moments, what did we wonder? Two sentences take us out. It's you, Doc. Yet, in other moments, we found ourselves thinking, oh, there's my problem right there. We found ourselves thinking. When enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. That's what Bill had at the grave right before the the airplanes fly overhead, and it knocks him out of that moment, Yeah, that God moment. That's what Magoo means when he says... <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if there's a God, but there's something. <laughs> you know, if, if you guys ever get an opportunity, take your sponsors oh, out to. Uh, there's a park out west that has a, a astrology, not astrology, ast- astronomy place with telescopes, and you can actually see the stars. And you, they'll let you look through these big high power things to see the rings and. Because you know you grow up in South Florida, in this you don't see that stuff. Well, if, you where we live, you, you go out on a boat. You go out on a boat. Go out on a boat. Yeah, just you're go out good. far. It's, it's important to do that. Uh, next if you're paragraph. Up in Alaska, you just go out your back door. I like to refer to this next paragraph as we became open-minded. 
What have we shared with those agnostic temperament? Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. I'm going to call my next romantic uh, encounter the claim that she has an agnostic temperament. You and your agnostic temperament. You don't even know me yet. You You don't even know (laughs) What do we... You're single still, right? I'm sorry. Let us... Well, let's ask the question. What do we want to hurry and do? Let us make haste. (laughs) Hurry up. Uh, To reassure you. What happens when we are able to lay aside our prejudices and become willing... This happens even though what? Bill, what do we talk about prejudice for? What do you mean by that? We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice, prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results. Even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. So when I first read that, I was wondering, what does civil rights have anything to do with all this stuff? Do you guys want to jump in and tell us a quick idea of what prejudice actually means? Well, what it means, I guess. Right. Well, in I'll, I'll relation let to what first, we're talking about. I, prejudice, I something interesting prejudice very that. simply means to prejudge. That's it means exactly that I've, or, it I've already decided what the answer is. That's the difference between deductive and inductive reasoning. Based on old ideas and beliefs. Inductive reasoning is I, ha- I start with a conclusion and then I look for reasons or, or, or facts to support it. Deductive reason says, I don't know, let me look at the facts, you analyze the facts, and you come to a conclusion. Prejudice is prejudgment. And prejudice leads us to that reason in the 12 and 12 with the capital R, which is a God that we're following, which is a faith, rather, we're following, that doesn't work, as applied to this. You know that willing, and of course, if you're prejudged, your mind is closed, henceforth you cannot get willingness from a closed mind, And you need open-mindedness first, which from will spring willingness. Because if I say to you, hey man, I'd like you to go do something, until you're open-minded enough to consider it, you're never going to do it. I can't get willingness to come out of you until I get open-mindedness to start first. And if I can get you open-minded... I can get willingness to follow after, or God certainly can. We're going to get this last paragraph out of well, here's, and Bill, can we put this on hold and just do this next paragraph, and you can wrap it into it? I'm afraid that if people don't hear what I have to say, they might <laughs> Okay. I mean, there's, there's Bill's suffering, saving lives, there's suffering alcoholic <laughs> hanging on my every word and thought. Next paragraph. What were we relieved to Ooh, learn? Dizzy. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another conceptions, another's conception of God. That means mine and Doc's and... Whoever's. Whoever's, right. Next question. If we are able to pretend... Except mine. Or, mine's the best. If we are... Mine's better. If we are able to... Mine's bigger. If we are able to pretend there's yes, a higher mine's power, right. what is promised? Our own conception... And this answers that question, by the way. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. Read that sentence yourself, Bill. Read it out loud. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect contact with him. They kept telling Mike, Mike Chase, you just have to start somewhere and see where right. it takes you. Right. 
Start with that old one you don't like and go for it. Anyone you want. Right, exactly. And then later we start splitting hairs and splitting hairs. If you could even believe that there's the possibility that you might believe that someone else might believe, right? It just keeps splitting it. That as long as you can just, right? We know it's inadequate. Just believe. If it's not inadequate, we just said it's probably you're not on the right path. Bill, next question. What two things will we possess as soon as we're able to admit there might be a higher power B, provided we do what? As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of of things, we begin to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. I'm no longer powered. I'm empowered. I'm powerless, but I'm empowered. Say again? What have we question? found? We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. And it's not like he's hiding either. He he's ain't like God ain't hiding. Road. Next question. We have found the realm of the spirit to be what? To us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive, or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. Who may benefit by it? It is open, we believe, to all men, women, and others. Last paragraph for the night. When we speak of God, what do we mean? We therefore, when therefore we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. How about other spiritual ideas you find in this book? This applies to to other spiritual expressions which you may find in this book. What should we not do? Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. At the start, what else do we need? At the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood Him. What will happen later? Afterwards, we found ourselves accepting many things, which then seemed entirely out of reach. What do we call that, Doc? I'm sorry, I was underlining. That was growth. But if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. What do we use, Bill? So we used our own conception, however limited it was. That's like the third time it it, it puts it down. So Reader's Digest, what did we just cover? You don't need to understand God. Just point toward God and take a step. Bill, your version of Reader's Digest, what did we just read? Well, at the bottom of page 45, it says, perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. When I was given religious training, I was told, this is the way, this is the only way, this is the truth, and anything else you can't even consider because this is the only way. This now gives me permission to say, wait a minute, I'm not limited by that. I can think whatever I want. I can look inside and say, what do I really believe? What makes sense to me? It's, it's freed me up. It's given me permission to think and to feel. This is where the fellowship with having breaking bread, drinking coffee, sitting before <coughs> the meeting, smoking cigarettes, cigars, or playing Poughkeepsie, whatever you guys do, it gave me the opportunity to talk about the issues and prejudices I have about spirituality and God with old timers and other people, and my eyes started to widen up. I thought here came in God. I came in here thinking I was this low life piece of diddly do that 
God absolutely wanted nothing to do with. And these people helped me to see a different way of life, a different thing. Not by saying, but seeing how they put into action. That's the blessing of the fellowship with that. The biggest problem I have working with folks, sponsees, on this particular thing, is that even though you tell them they don't have to buy into all of this religious indoctrination that they've rejected long ago, they're free to think what they want. Tell me, what do you think? They can't let go of that old imagery. And and they some people find it very difficult to let that go and allow themselves to just think and feel and, and insight Which is themselves. prejudice. Yeah. Well, it's a form of prejudice. It's, right. It's, so you, you so we've got we've got an example of being told there's one way and that's the only way. Then we've got an example of I met with some older ti- old timers. They showed me there. Here's a way. Here's a way. This is my way. This is a way. Here's 4,000 different ways of having the same sort of godlike experience. And that's what makes this book so amazing that we can sit, we can, I can read the big book, I can pick up varieties of religious experience, and I can see in there someone that goes, no, this is how I thought, or this is how I think, and this is why I think, and this is my experience with God, or my or my resentment against God, or my, there's so many, from a plumber to a teacher, and I, I mean, it's not just, it's not just alcoholics, it's everyone, everyone he could find that had an illustrative experience with their God. And now I start seeing, oh man, you know, my, these are all inadequate. And mine is just as good as all these other thousands in here that are presented in an, actually an easy to read uh, form. So we're going to wrap up, but I'm going to leave you with this. I had a, Exciting stuff. I was told once by a sponsor that he was giving some great advice. He said, why don't you go back to that religious inst- institution you despise so much from what happened to you as a child, check it out from the perspective of an adult, and make a decision whether you want to stay or not. Absolutely, because we were given the, the childhood version, mm-hmm. the Dr. Seuss version yeah. of, of their religious concept. Mm-hmm. You know, once the once Disney, I, I call it. the Disney World, the, the Disney, whatever. Uh, but but you know, once I had some experience with this material, I could then go back and try to reconcile what I discovered here with what the real, re- what the actual religion was trying to say, and and uh, it's, it's a very different experience. And there and there is a when we later get to love and tolerance is our code. That is really something that we're learning in all of this, that there is no, what, 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 my, my suit that fits me is not going to fit too many other people. Mm. It fits me great, but I'm not going out apostolatizing others to wear my suit. And the suit that, that, that fits you, fits you. And, and I, I trust God enough that each path fits the person. Well, after this quarantine, my, none of my suits fit, so it doesn't matter. Oh my matter. God, are you, you ain't kidding, man. I need a new scale. Which reminds me of one of the traditions. We don't use our membership, fellowship, and Alcoholics Anonymous to minister for our particular branch of spirituality. That's right. We just make it open and let them go. So, closing guide from the vision for you from page 164. Let me ask the question. What will God do? God will constantly disclose, ooh, more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But you obviously can't transmit something you haven't got. 
See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Thank you, Mike Chase. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. Wow. <laughs> you know the definition of the word trudge? Yes, to walk with purpose. Exactly. Yeah, it makes it sound Ten miserable. No. Boom, it is the practice of the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group for sponsors to introduce their new sponsees by presenting them a sponsorship medallion. Since we're all in quarantine and we can't do that, I take this opportunity. Take your sponsee's phone number and share it with your sponsee family shoot a little picture, give a little information, introduce them to them, and ask them to reach out to say hello to them. It's a lot easier to call somebody when you're freaking out after you've already had a conversation with these people. So take it upon yourself to reach out to these new guys. Very good. Very good. And if you happen to need a big book sponsor or a, you know, a fun cover of your sponsor, you just check in and you'll find one. If you'd like to become a member of this group, join us. After the meeting, you can contact someone and they'll tell you what to do. Or wait till the next few weeks when we start having in-person meetings with extreme social distancing. Can all home group members raise your hands? Great. We'll see you right after the meeting to help tear down. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Hope to see you next Monday. But in the meantime, Thursday evening in the Alcoholics and God Step Series workshop, which will be Zoomed, starting the Zoom room opens at 645 the workshop starts at 7.15, but, surprise, surprise, it's a traditions series. And I tell you one so thing, it fun. is not your grandma's tradition series. It is vibrant, exciting, full of knowledge, and up-to-date. Spooky and weird. It's Brought an, out it's by a, the guy in the hat. It's the independent, <laughs> the independent films of tradition. You know, when so I, Bill tees us up, and then Bill runs around, or Doc runs, you tee us up, and then Doc runs around with it, screaming. You know, when sure. I when I was early in sobriety, I, I you know how you, you know how you got, I really need a meeting, you know, and and you get that way, and and I went to a meeting really needing a meeting, and they did a tradition meeting, <laughs> and I said, oh my god, I don't they know I need my fix, yeah. okay, and, and they're going to talk about traditions, because right. it what, ain't about me enough. And what I learned was, you know what, Bill, <laughs> this ain't a quick fix. You better kick back. Lay back, listen to what they got to say. This is not going to happen overnight. This is not like shooting dope. You're not going to get a quick fix. You're going to have to work this thing over time. So if Doc's not in Leavenworth this time next year, we will hopefully have him coming back doing a concepts. Oh, concepts is awesome, man. Excellent. That so would be fun. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. Please wait till you're 75, 75 feet away from the doors to, to, to take off your guy. mask and cough and sneeze. <laughs> So we're going to close with the Lord's Prayer now. Everybody just want to take how a many, moment. How many concepts are there, by the way? <laughs> well, I speak on the 13th concept. How about that one? And the warranties. <laughs> You're a special guy. Yeah. So uh, let's take this moment. Just take a moment of silence for the, uh, for, that's okay, for the folks who are risking their lives for us today, who have risked their lives in the past, who've lost loved ones because today's an important day to remember the people who sacrificed for us. That's from shame to grace. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We'll see you guys Thursday. Enjoy the music as we take you out. Take care. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bill. See you, Doc. See ya. Hey, hey, hey. Body's heavy. Shoulders thirsty. Body's aching. I am desperately in need of restoration. Yeah. And I am ready for you to take me higher, yeah. The only thing that I can do is keep on praying. Cause on my own, I just can't get you right. It doesn't matter how hard I try, but with you. Stronger man getting on my knees Puts me back on my feet again Load is heavy Too much accumulation yeah. These possessions that I have Amount to nothing at all
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go. Now, growing vines, they 
twist and turn each way Flowers blooming all the time right outside my door Never before I had to change everything to realize that today is the best day of my life Cause this broken man I travel far and wide through the great divide Just about to start. So I face each day in a brand new way. Show up and plug in my guitar. And I play my songs, and people sing along, and stomp their feet and raise their arms. And here in this moment that we share. Nothing could come The fog is lifted, see the light Count my blessings when I go to sleep at night And I dream now Yeah, I dream now And everything's alright <laughs> Oh, man Going on 10 years old, that song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye.